0: You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today, we're going to talk about my top takeaways, my top coaching takeaways from 2022, as well as my plan for 2023. Now, the one thing I love about doing these episodes is you can always get um, some takeaways. You can always gain some knowledge or take some things back to your gym when you hear about other coaches' takeaways. I love hearing other coaches' takeaways because it's a summary of their entire year and their top things that they want to share. So I feel like it's my job to do that here on the podcast. And if you're a coach out there, it's really, really a great idea to, sh- to sit down and think about your top takeaways so you could reflect too as well. So anyways, this is an episode you don't want to miss. Stay tuned. The Volleyball by Design Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode one thirty-three of the Volleyball by Design Podcast. How is everyone doing out there today? Happy New Year to all my coaches out there. I hope you guys are doing well. I wish you nothing but the best for this new year as we enter twenty twenty-three. And as I always do after we wrap up the previous year and look forward to the new year, as I always like to come on the pod and share my top takeaways. From the previous year, so in our case, 2022, and I love it because it's literally a reflection of my entire year and the the biggest things that I want to take with me to into 2023, and things that I noticed that I want to share with you. But before we get into that, to my new listeners, welcome to the podcast. My name is Coach Brian Sing, and I'm the host of the podcast. And if are you and if you are a regular listener, as always, you know how much I appreciate you guys tuning in to another episode where you know, as as every week, we try to. Bring you some tangible, some things that you can take back to your gym and apply right away. And I, and I know for sure that there's definitely going to be takeaways from this episode because the episode is titled "Top Takeaways." So I think you're you're in the right place to start off your 2023 by uh, hopefully getting some lessons, well, listening to my lessons at least. And um, and in order to start off 2020, 20, or 2023 on the right foot, uh, you would have heard in the intro we are doing a free workshop for coaches. Uh, what is it? January sixth, seventh, and eighth. Pick a day that works for you. It's going to be on offense. Now, if you are in, if you attended the ABCA or AVCA uh, convention a couple weeks ago, you'd have heard me present on efficiency, how to become a more efficient coach. Well. I also want to share with you how to become more efficient at offense, how to develop and structure your offense. So I'm going to teach you my step-by-step framework on how to structure your offense. So whether you're a beginner coach or a college and pro-level coach, you're definitely going to be able to take some things away and apply to your uh, your team. I've done with this workshop in the past, it's been amazing. I've had a lot of great feedback and I can't wait to have you guys on there. So uh, the link's in the show notes, so definitely go in the show notes, get the link. And um, it's volleyballworkshop.com if you want to just go there. But if you're a list, if you're listening to this before January 6th, 7th, or 8th, you really want to sign up because I know club seasons are around the corner. A lot of teams are coming back from the break. Nothing better than to fine-tune your offense to get it going for 2023. So anyways, hope to see you guys on that. And it's free. It's a free training. Got nothing to lose. Come on. Uh, but make sure you show up live. Uh, show up live because uh, that's where you really get the most value out of it. Okay, so let's dive into the top takeaways uh, for 2022, and I want to start off with my biggest takeaway, and I think this one this one hit me a lot this year, and it hit me as well as last year, and I think coaches can relate to this, and the top takeaway is when it comes to developing players. So you guys know that I'm a big advocate of player development, more specifically skill development. We always try to train the skills, you know, train, serve, and pass, ball control, you know, those are really, really, and, and you know, I always talk about training ball control, no matter what position you're in. I don't care if you're a middle, libero, it doesn't matter. You have to have great ball control because there are, there in every position in our game, there are multiple opportunities to demonstrate ball control, as well as there are many times where your team is put in a position where you are forced to have good ball control, or you'd lose the point. Let's just be honest, you'll lose the point. So, Skill-based development is important, but more so, and the lesson that I took away from this year, was, which is just as important, is in addition to skill-based development, we have to have position-based development. And that was a big one for me. And what position-based development is basically having players have the ability to play multiple different positions. So it's not necessarily skills. Yes, we're training the skills, but we also want to have players be able to play multiple positions because... The skills of a middle blocker are different than the skills of a left side. And the position as well is different in terms of knowing what you gotta do, court awareness, you know, responsibilities and things like that. So <coughs> excuse me, making sure that your players not only have the skills, but can execute. Like for example, you know, as a left side, left sides have the responsibility to pass, to attack, to block, to play defense. It's a lot. Liberos, they just have they just have the responsibility of, you know, siding out, passing and digging, and then if you're in the U.S., serving, and then add a system, ball control, things like that. But what happens if one of your left sides gets injured and you don't have a strong passer that can replace that left side? You may have a a, a left side replacement, but what if it's a big game and you want to make sure that you're playing against a team that's serving really tough and you want to put yourself in a position where you could side out? Now, if your libero, who is your best passer, also had the ability to swing you may say, "Hey, wait a minute! I might be able to, might able to make that libero left side, and that libero can take a little more court because now they can swing." But if we were just doing skill-based training and skill-based development, then that libero would have just been developing their skills in terms of serving and pa- or, Sorry, in terms of passing and digging, and not necessarily working on attacking. But if they were able to get involved and learn how to attack as well, then that's position based training we were able to use them in multiple different positions so it it, it came to me a lot this season uh, more so than seasons in the past and that is a big takeaway that we have to we have to not only train the skills but train the positions as well and <clears throat> so many times where you know this year we had a lot of turnover in our squad we graduated a lot of players and you know my my best right side last year, it was phenomenal for us. He he won us games last year. He was now my starting left side. So, just you know, the next next season, he's our starting left side, and he's the number. Th- I think he's ranked third in terms of kills per set. Number third best left side in our league. Now, was that by accident? No, because we developed the skills and the position. This player was a left side in club, came to our team, was a right side. But at the same time, because he knew how to play the left side position, he was able to transition there quite easily because he's played the position. So position-based training is just as important as skill-based training. And like 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 I mentioned earlier, what if what if a player goes down with injury? So there's a lot of times where you may have to move around your roster to different positions. And if those players have never played those positions before, don't have the skills to play those positions, big big problem, huge problem. So Skill development as well as position development is important. So take that away. The second big takeaway is and this, this one was a tough one for me to really grasp, but talking to other high-level coaches, I realized I wasn't alone is no matter how good your culture is, there are always going to be anomalies. And that one was a, was, a, was a tough pill for me to swallow, because as you all know, you know, I really pride myself on building and enforcing a good culture on our team a strong culture with values now we do do that so i am i am proud of the fact that we do that and i am proud of the fact that myself along with our coaching staff does a really good job in vetting the players that we choose to select to be on our team and making sure we have the right character pieces but there are also a lot of times where you know players either we missed it. Or, you know, there's always that one player that unfortunately doesn't fit the culture of our team and can be a problem. And coaches, I know many of you have faced this too. And, I, and I've spoken to division one national championship type coaches or, or rather national champions in, the, in, the, in, the, in that in itself, gold medal winners when it comes to coaches. And they have all told me the same thing, that it's on, it happens on every team. You have the best culture in the world, a championship culture who wins championships, but still there are anomalies that you have to deal with and you have to make it work and figure out a way to last, like either cut them right away or figure out a way to deal with it until the season's over. Now, in many cases you cut them because you don't want poisons in your locker room, but it's the ones that, um, that when you do cut, you're like, how did I miss that? How did I allow that to happen on my team? thinking that you, you this you would never put yourself in that situation. It happened listen, it happened to me this year. You know, we we had to you know, uh cut ties with a player unfortunately. Really 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 good player. Um again because that player did not fit our culture at, in, in this season. Unfor- unfortunately, good you know, nothing nothing against the player. You know, just like I'm sure many of you have, you know, your players and nothing against the player, but a lot of times, you know, players are selfish. And I understand that. And as coaches, we can't have selfish players on our team. We have to have players that, you know, no matter the good or bad, they're in it for the team, and they're going to do whatever it takes for the team to be in a better position to win. That's like that's a tough pull to grasp sometimes for certain players. Certain players just are just looking at looking at themselves and looking out for themselves. And as much as that, I understand that from a coaching perspective. You have to make sure that your players are looking out for the team more than anything. And if they're not, that might be that might be a red flag. It was a red flag on our team this year. I didn't realize it was a red flag until it was too late and we had to go our separate ways. But no matter how good your culture is, there are always anomalies and we had an anomaly this year. So really big lesson for me. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a better coach because of it. Um, I allowed things to happen that I shouldn't have. It will never happen again going forward and you learn from it. So I'm okay. I became a better coach because of it. So it's all good. Uh, let's talk about takeaway number three, preseason. Now, this one was, uh, was really interesting. So this year, I designed our preseason a little bit differently than I have in the past, um, a little bit more tougher. So one of my, one of my uh, philosophies with preseason, and I got this from a coach I interviewed on the podcast a, a, a while ago. His name is Wayne Wilkins, coach at Humber, uh, really, really good program. And he, he, he told me that, you know, preseason is designed to challenge your team so much so that when the real season comes, it's a lot easier. And I love that. So in the past we've done, we've done, we've had a similar, similar philosophy, but this year I, I took it to another level. I made sure that every team we played against with the exception of one was much better than we were at the time. So, we played against like, you know, top level big schools that don't play in our league, by the way. So, teams that don't play in our league that I knew were, were going to be much stronger because, like I said, we had, we had, we're not a rebuild, but we graduated a lot of our starters. So, we have a lot of new players coming in. So, they weren't ready for that type of competition yet. The key word is yet. So, in our preseason, we lost a ton of matches. And rightfully so, I expected that, but I expected to learn. I expected to get a lot out of it. And the biggest thing with that was after we had those big losses, all of a sudden when the regular season started, yes, we did lose our first game, but then we started winning. We won two straight. We started feeling what winning looks like and the team started realizing, wait a minute, these teams are are not as strong as the other teams were. And they started realizing, wait a minute, we were playing good ball against other teams. Imagine what we could do against these teams. And your mindset start. Your mindset starts shifting. The players start realizing what they're capable of. And it happens a lot sooner rather than later. Imagine them starting to feel like this midway through the season versus at the beginning of the season. So we really tried to put tough, tough, tough competition against us at the beginning so that we realized that in the season, yes, we're going to face tough competition, but we've already faced as tough as you're going to get. Now, one of the things that backfired on this plan was some of the players, and I remember I said we had a younger team, some of the players didn't realize, they, they were they were only thinking short term. They couldn't see the bigger picture. And it was getting they were getting frustrated. They were losing all the time. And they're like, wait a minute, are we this bad of a team? Are we really this bad of a team where we can't get one win? So that's something that I, that I had to manage. And as much as I could say this is what it's going to be like, it was tough for them to get it, and they got it eventually, but it was tough, and in fact, it led one player, you know, the anomaly I talked about earlier, to us for us to go our separate ways, so you got to think about it, I mean, I, you would argue that, wow, if if that if that's a reason why they they went their own separate way, then they shouldn't have been on the team in the first place, and yeah, I completely understand that too, because you don't quit when it's tough, so that's, that's just a really, really bad uh, apple, unfortunately, but... It's still, it's still in players' minds that, wait a minute, why, why are we losing so much? So they, they, they finally saw the picture when the season started. It was nice for them to see that picture. But what was key is they saw that picture earlier rather than later. Rather than start off the season really, really slow, lose a lot of games, and then start winning halfway through the season or at the end of the season when it might be too late. So, really important, but preseason is designed for tougher competition higher competition, challenge your team. Now, if you're a club team, very easy to do this. Play older age groups, you know? Play older. Now, you don't want to play an age group that's just going to demolish you where you're not going to learn anything at all. You want you want it to still be competitive, but competitive enough where they're much better than you. All right. The fourth takeaway. Defensive identity. Now, I don't remember what episode it was, but I talked about this a couple of weeks back where I told you guys, a coach had mentioned to me that we're one of the most defensive teams he's ever played against. And other coaches have mentioned this to me in the past. And, you know, it it um it got me thinking about what is it that we do differently than other teams? And I, I would have talked about this episode, uh I don't remember, it would have been a couple of weeks ago or maybe even a couple of months ago. Oh, I found it, episode 128. That's what it was, so on November 28th. So it would have been, yeah, just about a month ago. We talked about it's called "How to improve your Defense in games tactically, not technically." So take a listen to that one. But basically, I realized how important it is to have a defensive identity. Because on our team this year, we don't have, you know, five or six like amazing players like I've had in the past. We have, you know, two or three great players, great players. And then the other players are rookies and players that are just finding their roles. So we don't have a superstar team. Let's put it that way. You know, we have, there's other teams in our league that have superstar teams, and we don't this year. But what we do have are great players and great people and great character athletes. And we have the one or two players that are exceptional. Yes, we do have those. You need those to win, by the way, but that's another conversation. So defensive identity is something that you are. No matter what happens, no matter what happens, you will always put yourself in a position to win, because defense never quits. And it's really, it's really interesting. Like I, I talked about this in the other episode where we played against the number one team in our league, in in the in our in our province, in fact, and they beat us, but they said we were the best team they played against, and you would never guess that based on our record. And yes, we're above five hundred, but you know we're not ten and one, so. That told us right there, our, they, they, our defensive identity is something that will keep us in games no matter what. And we could have easily gone, we could have easily gone to five and who knows if we would have won that game or not. Because they knew it and we knew it that we had a shot to win that game. And unfortunately, we slipped up at the end. But what's interesting is that having a defensive identity will always keep you in games. So focus on defense. Make that a priority. Put that on a list of priorities in your gym because it never fails. Because no matter how good an offense is, if you can get that ball and get those second chance opportunities, you have a chance to score. All right, that's takeaway number four. Takeaway number five, right? One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, takeaway number five. This game comes down to serving and passing. It's still, I mean, I'm talking about the highest level in the country. We're still talking about serving and passing. The NCAA Division I Women's Final still talked about serving and passing. It always comes down to serving and passing. The best serving and passing teams are going to win. Now, yes, offense does have something to do with it at the, You know, at the higher age group and things like that. But regardless of how good your offense is, you can't pass the ball. It doesn't really matter. It's not going to serve you much purpose in that sense. All right. I'll throw in a sixth one for you, actually. This is another takeaway. I'm looking at my time here. I'm just going to be mindful of time here. But my, uh, my last takeaway I'll give you and this one is, this one's a, a, the one that kind of hurts, but it's the truth, is that if you want to win a championship, you need a go-to player, a star player, if you want to call them that. I, I It's one of the, it's one of those truths that I, that I, it doesn't sit well with me. It really doesn't, but you need a player that could terminate. You can't, you, you need it, you know, in the, in the division one finals, you know, Texas had their player. And unfortunately, it is what it is. The best players win games. You look at all the sports in the world, the best players are the ones that are going to be in those championship games because they are the ones that are going to put their team on their back and, and, and get the job done. In a volleyball match, when you need a player to score, you give it to your best player and they score. Even if the gym knows that it's going to go to that player, that player is going to score. And the gym's gonna know it, and it's gonna be unfortunate. But that, that's what that player does. That's what great players do. I've had them at club. I've had them at my level. Now, the the only other way that this works, and it has worked in the past, by the way. So, is if you have, if you don't have a star player, but you have all star players, or very, 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 very good players, but but multiple of them not just one. You have two or three where you don't need to depend on your star player to score, but you can mix up the offense to give it to one or two or three players that may not be the best, but good enough to get the job done. Then you're good to go because they don't need to get the job done every single time. They need to get the job done when the ball is set to them. Unlike if you have your star player, they're going to get majority of the sets and then they terminate because they have to. They're the best player. But if you have good players who can terminate when they when they get the ball? Then that's great, and then that's the only alternative. All right. Now you may say, "Well, wait a minute." Well, of course, like, obviously, if you have a bunch of great players, they can win. But the star, let me let me say by. This is why I say all stars, because you can have a great team, a great all around team, but they're not going to beat that team that has that championship player. It's not going to work. You need. Let's take that championship talent player, and you you need more than that, divided up amongst two or three players. So a player that still can terminate the ball, they could still pass at a high level, serve at a high level, still terminate the ball, but because you have multiple of them, right? Let's say, for example, that the best all-star player terminates at at 10 out of 10, okay? So the best player terminates 10 out of 10, and you have two players that terminate 8 out of 10. Well, out of three balls... The player the best player is gonna get three He's gonna terminate all three. But if you give one ball to one player of on the other team, one ball to the other player of the other team, then they should be able to terminate. Because eight out of ten. So you can mix up the offense, and then that still will be will be good enough to beat that best player. Do you see what I'm saying? So it's it's not like you know you have a bunch of five out of ten players and they're better, gonna be better than ten out of ten. No, it doesn't work that way. You still need good all-star level players. So that's that's the big one. at all you know, unfortunately, a championship Teams come down to having those go-to players that can terminate the ball. All right, let's move on to talk about the plan for 2023. What is the plan? And what am I going to be doing and looking forward to taking to the next level in 2023? All right, well, oh, I don't know if I told you this, but um, I I think I mentioned it every year, but I'll say it anyways. One of the best advices I got from a mentor of mine is, and this is what he does, and I thought he was crazy until I did it. Was at the beginning of every year. This mentor of mine goes and rents a hotel, okay, books a hotel for the weekend or for one night. I can't remember. I think it's the weekend or one night. And he will plan his entire twenty twenty three in that in that night. And I always under I was I was like, why why are you getting a hotel? Why don't you just do it at home? And he told me there's something about taking yourself out of the the home environment. Your normal environment and going away from everyone by yourself and going away to a hotel, different environment, different atmosphere, getting your mindset in the right in the right place to plan out your year. And this mentor of mine will plan out from you know from, from from his job, his business, from volleyball, from work, from whatever it is. Right? in this case it wasn't volleyball. It was something it was another mentor for something else. But he plans out all his all his things that he has ongoing in his life. So for me, I have you know, my job, you know, I have DVA, Digital Volleyball Academy, my my coaches academy. I have my men's team. I have my family. You know, I have my own personal things. So I have a lot of things I want to get accomplished in 2023. But going away into a hotel and by yourself and sitting down and planning everything, the clarity that you get is unbelievable. And the amount of work you get done is unbelievable. And I never, ever, ever understood this until I did it myself. I thought that guy was nuts. You're gonna go spend money to go on in a hotel when you, when you could just go to your house and do it? But it's true. I kid you not, it's true. Being at that hotel in a different environment, in a different place, really sets you up for success. It really does. It, I don't, it's something about putting yourself in a different environment. And this is why, it's crazy. Like, this is why... Successful people are successful people because they think differently. They do these things that you would never even think of. Uh, you know, it's, it's I don't I don't know if I want to call it a like a, a hack, but kind of is. And um and when I started doing this, and I do this by the way, I'll go away for a night or two, and I'll plan my entire twenty twenty three. I'll get everything out of my head, everything done, and I'll have so much more clarity on what I need to get done. I actually did this. Uh, I already did this for the year. I did it um, in uh, my, when I was at the convention speaking a couple of weeks ago in Omaha, Nebraska. I was by myself for four days. So I did it then. I took advantage of that opportunity and I just planned it, I did it then. Uh, I, I, I stayed back an extra day and I got it done. So the convention finished on Saturday. So on Sunday, I, I, I did this whole exercise. And the amount of work I got done was incredible. It amazes me every time I do this exercise. I was able to revamp and my entire user platform for Digital Volleyball Academy. So if you're a DVA member, you might have noticed that the entire user, user interface inside the academy is different. I revamped it because I'm planning a much better experience for my coaches inside DVA so that they can see more results. And I, 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 knew, I figured out a way to make it better for them. Anyways, long story short, that's my hotel story for you. I know it might sound crazy, but coaches, try it out. Honestly, I ch- I encourage you and challenge you to try it out and see what happens. So let me get let me get into my uh since I'm on the on the track there. So my 2023, I'll start off with this one, which is non well, I, it is volleyball, but it's non-coaching related. But many of you guys know I run an academy called Digital Volleyball Academy. Now, if you don't know what that is, really quickly, it's my mentorship program for volleyball coaches. It's a place where coaches come in they get mentored by me. They get access to all my resources, all the courses that I've created based on all the positions and skills in our game. They get, they get access to live training with me Q&A, jump on Zoom with them twice a month. They get access to a bunch of amazing things, plus free tickets to DVA Live and my Vertical Jump program. And Basically, if you want to learn how to be a successful and championship coach, that's where you go. You go into the academy and where I teach you how to do that. I teach all the ingredients on how to build a successful volleyball program. So, my goal of 2023 is to reach more coaches with DVA, help them get more results. And I started that already by changing the user interface inside DVA so that coaches can access information easily. It's it's more organized so they can follow. So we have inside DVA this thing called a success path where no matter where you are in your coaching journey, you come in and you can find where you are on, on the success path. And then you can figure out where you what you need to do and where, where where you need to go in DVA to get yourself to that next stage in, in your coaching journey, so if you're a coach that's coming in and you're at this stage, well, what do you need to do to get to the next stage? I've 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 planned it a lot more easier in there on the user on the, on the user interface side, so you can you know f- get your results faster. That's my big goal for DVA this year is to get coaches results faster, and I think that's a I I already had of a, a good start. It's not even 2020. Well, it's just 2023 now and we're already off to a good start. So that's, that's good. Um, so that's my DVA goal. Get, reach more coaches, get more coaches in and help them get results faster. The second goal I have for myself is not waiting for training camp to get my systems implemented. So what I do every year is I have an off season where I focus a lot on off season about, you know, skill development and player development. That's what off season is about. And it still is by the way. But what I'm gonna do this year is a little bit different. I'm not gonna wait for a training camp to train to teach my players the systems that we're gonna run this season. Like, I don't understand why I was waiting for them. Like it's a special surprise. No, the players that I have in my gym during off season, we're gonna start systematizing them right away. In in the sense of understanding what we're gonna do this season. so if let's say, for example, if I wanna run a high pipe offense this season, a dynamic pipe offense. I'm not going to wait for training camp for them to start getting implemented into that system. I'm going to start training it as soon as offseason starts. And that's something I didn't do this year. And I think that was a mistake. So, as a coach, for you coaches out there, if you were implementing any kind of systems, anything new, don't wait for the season to start. Start it way beforehand. And, the, and if you have new players that are coming in, like, you know, sometimes we might have players that are coming in, you know, that, that don't live in, in the city that are going to just come in September, and I understand that. That's why we have training camp in September. But the players you do have there, get them started. And then what's going to happen is you'll be able to focus more on the players coming in, and then the old the players that already know the system will be able to help those other players get acclimated a lot faster. So that's one. So making sure that that happens before a training camp. Don't waste that. I'm also going to have a mini training camp in the offseason. And I got that again from my buddy Wayne Wilkins at Humber. Something he does. The players that I have there, we're going to have a mini training camp where we're going to get guys get training, get guys acclimated to more and more how we run things in our program. Another thing I'm going to do in 2023 is I'm going to be implementing a much more dynamic offense. My offense is good. Um, My offense is consistent, but I think my offense is 10 years old, if I'm being completely honest. Now, a part of me believes that that's okay because... It works, and there's a reason why offense why change something that's working. But I think it could be better, so I'm going to be building off of what works. I'm not going to change what's working. I'm going to be building off of it, so I'm going to create a much more dynamic offense for 2023. It's going to maximize our players' ability and maximize our league. Like I know how I know how to score in my league, and I want to make it make an offense that's going to help us be in better positions to score. Another goal. What am I? At? That's my fourth. One, two, three, fourth. I want a bit of a more strength training culture. We've been, we've been implementing that for the last couple of years and it's been going well, but I think this year it hasn't been as good as it could have been. So in 2023, we're going to have a much better strength training weight room culture. I think that's going to, that's going to put us a separate or separate us and help us get more results. And it's going to be part, I'm going to, I'm going to figure out a way to make it a, a lot, a lot more, I don't want to call it mandatory, but more like instilled in the player. Like just as much as the player wants to play volleyball, they're going to want to go and work out and lift and tr- and help keep their body at that ultimate level, at their optimal level that we want them to play at, okay? So that's probably my my, my my last 2023 when it comes to volleyball. And then, you know, uh, I mean, I don't know if you guys care, but I, I guess I could talk about my personal goals. So, you know, vo- those are my big volleyball ones, um, you know, the training camp, uh, offense and weight room. Those are the big, big ones that I think we're going to implement. This, in 2023, and as the season goes, you know, things might change and, and or, or, things might get, become more advanced and things like that. Um, you know, DVA, um, if you're not a DVA member, by the way, digitalvolleyballacademy.com, head over there. I got a lot of great things I'm planning for 2023 to get my coaches more results. If you're a coach and you want results, you want to learn how to be, you know, how to build that championship program, DVA is, 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 is what, is what I created for you for you, you're the type of coach I created DVA for. So, you know, check it out. Uh, and then, for personal goals, you know, I found that i find you know i'm I'm a father of two got a i got a four year old and a and a two year old well a one and a half year old gonna be two in may you know i uh I really want to spend more time with my kids and more time with my family and I found that going away is the greatest way that there there are no distractions like it's there's something about going away that just really really brings our family together because it's just us it's just us there's no grandparents there's no aunts or uncles or other other kids or other people it's just us and it could be simple like you know going away for it for a weekend so in in Toronto I'm very fortunate where I have Niagara Falls Niagara Falls is a big tourist destination it's just an hour and a half away from where I live just going away there getting a hotel spending a night or two, and just being with the family away from the house and away from the city is something that's so great for us to do and i want to do more of that and i encourage you guys to, to if you you know if you have a family or if you if you want to get away it it really helps it helps with your mental health it helps kind of realign you and put you back in the right mindset to be successful in whatever you're doing when you go back home and i i think you need some of these like you know once every like 2 months I know it sounds crazy. You might think I'm I'm out of my mind for this, but it doesn't have to be expensive either. Like in, instead of going out for dinner, you know, a couple of times, like take that money and, and go go away to a hotel. Just be a hotel. Like it's it sounds ridiculous, but we'll go away to, to Niagara Falls and we'll spend a lot of time in the hotel. We wouldn't, we wouldn't even go and do any excursions. We'll order food, we'll stay at the hotel, walk around in the, in the hotel if anything, maybe walk around the area. And and that's it. It doesn't require to spend a lot of money, but what it does is it really helps you know enhance that bond with your family. The the kids love it because it's just me and me me and my wife, and we get a chance to really hang out with them, connect with them away from everything, and and it's a lot of fun. And and all the distractions are at home. They they don't accompany us on the road. I I I want to do that once once every two months. That's my goal. Right. So that's six times a year. Six times a year, I think is doable. Now these these aren't we're not flying anywhere we're not hopping on a plane and going and going on vacation I mean I guess in theory it is kind of like a mini vacation but we're not doing a big vacation but I do like to do those vacations don't get me wrong I definitely do want to do a couple of those like you know one or two vacations if I can a year with the family because uh, I think I think those are important um, and it really it, what I've learned is it really helps. Shape my daughter. My son is still young, and he's, you know, he. It has helped shaping his personality. But I really wholeheartedly believe that a lot of my daughter's personality was shaped because of these trips that we made, because of the interaction she got a chance to do with us and with you know other people outside of it. Um, just the experiences that were created, her confidence, and I think I really, really believe that that helped a lot with her uh, developing her personality. That's, that's my own opinion my wife does agree but anyways it is what it is so that's my own personal goal to be able to do that now, I do want to get back into shape too I, I, I'm not a I'm, I'm a pretty healthy guy but I, I do I do want to hit the weights a bit more I got, I got to get my lift schedule back back up and running I, I, I feel like that's everyone's goal in the new year always fitness fitness is always a goal and everyone and by the time you know at the end of January if February hits it, it, it all goes down the drain but hopefully it doesn't for me I, want, I really want to get my fitness back there I am playing basketball once a week which is kind of nice, keeps my cardio going, but I definitely want to get my fitness back to a level where it allows me to be competitive, as well as you know feel good, uh, be healthy, and you know, try, get try to get rid of that that you know that body fat that, that bothers me all the time. But yeah, so those are my those are my my, my personal goals. Uh, sorry if I bored you with them, but you heard my here my my season my coaching goals as well. Hopefully that you can take more takeaways from that. So just to recap real quickly, we talked about my big takeaways, not just developing players. But developing positions, okay? We talked about no matter how good your culture is, there are always anomalies, so don't get discouraged. Really keep reinforcing the culture and how you want to run your program. Preseason, tougher competition in your preseason, okay? Really, really tougher competition. Defensive identity, how important a defensive identity can be. Still comes down to serving a passing as well as always having that, that game changer player on your team. I know it sucks, but Championship teams have championship players and you need it. It is what it is. And then my uh, my plan for 2023, I told you my hotel story. Talked about training camp, not waiting for training camp, but systematizing my players early, having a mini training camp early before September, more dynamic offense uh, this year to build off of you know, a solid offense we have now. More of a strength training culture as well, uh, you know, for our team. And then my uh, my DVA goal is to reach more coaches and help them get results faster. And if you are a coach, a volleyball coach that would like my help with you doing that, hit me up digitalvolleyballacademy.com. I'd love to help you. All right, that's it for me. Have yourselves a happy new year. Uh, I wish you nothing but the best in 2023. I am here for any coach who wants help. Always remember that. So reach out. Hit me up on Instagram. Brian underscore on Instagram. I'll be there and uh, I will talk to you guys on, I'll talk to you guys next week on another episode of the Volleyball By Design podcast. Take care. All right? Cue the music. Look.